0: Today's guest is Tyra Omolade Hargro. She is a spiritual guide and teacher devoted to helping women align with their life purpose using ancient wisdom and goddess-centered practices. She is initiated priestess with 20 years of experience doing personal readings and is the creator of multiple spiritual classes. Tyra specializes in wisdom and oracles from Africa to astrology and metaphysics to NLP helping women walk fully in their power. So on today's episode, you'll learn how to infuse ancient traditions with astrology. We will have an exploration of goddess and African spirituality and practices. And we'll talk about infusing traditions to feel normal. It's a great episode. I adore Tyra. We have a great chemistry that you'll see. I can't wait for you to take a listen to today's episode. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Okay, my friends, you are in for such a wonderful treat today. This person is magical. Let me just say this this person is magical. Tyra, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here, Nick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let my audience know a bit about who you are, what you do.
1: Okay. Well, my name is Tyra Omilade. Um, Tyra is the name my mother gave me. Omilade is my spiritual name, Hargro. And I am a diviner, a priestess, and I love helping women align with their life purpose using ancient wisdom so that they confidently and courageously live amazing lives, they know they deserve. I am all about sharing wisdom. That is what I love to do. That is my gift. And I love sharing wisdom via videos. Um, So I do quite a bit of work on YouTube. Yeah, that's, that's my thing right now.
0: Let's dig into some of that wisdom. Sure. I know from following you that astrology is a big tool of yours. Yes. Talk to me about how you got into astrology and why it's so powerful.
1: So astrology is my latest rave. I haven't always known much about astrology. It was around 2016, September, and a friend and I were headed to an event and we were chatting and she mentioned the eclipses in Virgo and Pisces and the effects they were having on her and I was like, what? I need to get deeper into this. And so at the top of 2017, I truly felt lost. I felt distraught and confused. And I was just in a bit of turmoil, trying to figure out what the heck do I need to do with my life? Where am I headed? Well, I decided to start listening to astrologers to see if I could get a handle. Um, One thing that I felt a little bit Sad and disappointed about was spiritual teachers don't all the time share when you want them to share (laughs) and give you knowledge and insight and guidance on what's going on in the world and how to understand it and how to move forward. And astrologers love doing that. Astrologers live for world events or just whatever energy is happening in the world. And so I started listening to astrologers and I was like, wow. They are really giving me insight and helping me to see the world from a bigger place. Well, they started talking about these eclipses again that were happening in February. I think it was around February of 2017. And again, I remembered my friend talking about the eclipses. That eclipse season, because I have my son in Pisces, I had the most terrifying dream of my entire life, Nick. I dreamt that I um, was a nurse working in a clinic with another nurse, and for some reason, we were working on a patient, and I needed to go and lock the front door, so I walk out of the room, walk to the front door, and immediately, I have a heart attack, and I know I'm going to die, and I can just feel the life leaving out of my body, and I was thinking, I just don't want to fall, and so I started forcing my body to walk and sit down on a chair. And as I and I did make it to the chair and as I was sitting there, I was like, gift, I started yelling out, gift, which in my mind in the dream was the nurse. Gift. And I just saw myself die. I woke up out of the dream crying. I had tears. Wow. Yeah. I had tears. Because I knew that dream was telling me. You're on a path for leaving your gifts right here, untapped, unused. My gifts didn't even come to me as I called them in the dream. And so that's when I said, okay, I've got to find out more about astrology and understand these eclipses and um, begin to, you know, make sense of my life. And in astrology, we have very special periods every 12 years called the Jupiter Return. And so I was at my Jupiter return time. And so that's my gift of the Jupiter return. I jumped in and I have not stopped studying astrology ever since because I see the difference that it makes. I've gone through classes and gotten certifications. And as I track my own astrology, I can see this works and it works like a charm and there's no need anymore for us to feel lost. So that's how I got started with astrology.
0: Wow. That is quite a story you, you yeah. just told. I love that gifts, gifts, mm-hmm. like you were being given this, you know, true warning of it's time to use these gifts that yeah. you have within you. Mm-hmm. So, okay, somebody who is a complete novice to astrology, like, mm-hmm. let's say I don't, I, I mean, I know that I'm a Taurus. That's about all I know, right? Like, yes, I was born in May, it's May 4th, so I'm a Taurus, <laughs> Yay! (laughs) (laughs) What else do I need to know to start, like, just the basics of being able to use it in my life and in my business?
1: So there are the big three that we talk about in astrology. And of course, the sun sign is the one that everyone knows. So that's one of the big three. The other two are based on your time of birth. And so that would be the rising sign and the moon sign. The rising sign is the most important sign, especially when we're wanting to keep up with our cycles, because that's what astrology is so good at helping us to align with. And so the rising sign is, to a certain degree, it's your true sign. The sun sign is very important, especially when it comes to career and some other indications, such as your dad, but... The rising sign will help you to understand when it's a season to work on your body or when it's a season where you may have more um, responsibility at work or in your business. The moon sign is exceedingly important. The moon sign will help you to understand, for instance, your relationship with your mom or your emotions and how you're feeling or what kind of... Emotional experience are you looking for in a love relationship? The moon sign is very important. Also, the moon sign helps you to understand when perhaps you're going to have a change in place of living or an upgrade in a place of living. The moon sign is just, oh my gosh, it tells so much. So I would say start off with knowing your big three. And if all you know is your big three and you listen to an astrologer who you trust, Listen to that for the rising sign, the moon sign, and the sun sign, and that will give you quite a bit of information on what you need to be focused on. That's how I started out.
0: So how do I find somebody that I trust? Like, where do I go? Like, do I just go online and look at it? look up people, or is there somebody that you recommend, or how do I find somebody? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you can always call me <laughs> since I do readings. And the way I find most people align with astrologers is you begin to look at their body of work. So I actually started out, I would say my first main astrology teacher was Lada, lada on YouTube. I just started looking around on YouTube at different videos, and I tested what she said by Hi. Looking at what she predicted for last year. Mm. And so, you know, it was 2017 when I found her. So I listened to what she talked about for 2016 to see how much of it was accurate. And I was like, wow, she is on point. And so that's one thing. And it's to a certain degree the astrologer's personality, but I would say study their body of work, look for recommendations. Some astrologers are all video, some you will see that they will write quite a bit. So the other one that I just really love initially, and she's one of my teachers too, is Dark Pixie Astrology. And neither her nor Alada do readings anymore, but they are amazing teachers. And then there's another one I love named Victor. And another thing is they're all three different. So... To a certain degree, it's it's what does your spirit align with? I mean, as you listen to this teacher, are they talking in a way where you're like, yes, I understand them. I, I vibe with how they teach and what they teach. But the other thing is how accurate are they? And then once they put out a call for readings, they're doing readings, then you can always, you know, book a reading. But Victor is a, a Hellenistic astrologer. Nick is Western, is and And I guess they're all Western, but Nick definitely is Western, and Lada is a blending of them all, and you can just feel the difference. What I do different is, first and foremost, I don't call myself an astrologer; I use it as a tool, but I blend, for instance, goddess wisdom as I always connect it to a spiritual tradition. I connect it to Afro tradition, or I don't know a whole lot about Hindu and tradition, but I can connect it to just about any tradition to bring in that spiritual piece. Because sometimes astrology can just feel like, do this, do that.
0: Well, I love that you add the spiritual piece to it, because it feels like it brings a sense of grounding to it. Yes. Because I think sometimes astrology can get this like, super woo, like way out there. We're the woo crew here, don't you worry. But like like, like that super out there, not grounded in reality sort of reputation. And by bringing these traditions, these ancient traditions Mm -hmm. to it, I love that it gives it this solid bait, this grounding. I also love that you mentioned that with the astrologer, and I, I recommend this to my students too, in terms of like teachers, who do you energetically vibe with? Yeah. The truth is the truth.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just, you know, who's the vessel for you in this moment right now that you are on the same frequency level with, right. Yeah. That you are in that you're in attunement with. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about with this astrology, because while you've been studying astrology and now giving readings since 2017, your spiritual life is much longer, deeper, and greater than that.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you're like, oh, yes.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> astrology is the latest yeah. addition.
0: Yeah. So I want to back back up now and go a layer deeper into some of these, you said, goddess Mm -hmm. um, wisdom or an Afrocentric wisdom. Yes. Spirituality. Talk about that. That's an experience that I don't think that a lot of people really fully understand, especially Mm -hmm. in this patriarchal white supremacist society.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's just be real.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: So much of that has been suppressed. So I would love to dive in and hear how you were taught and how it is infused into your life.
1: So I will take you back to when I was a girl, I knew I was spiritually different. I did not have a vocabulary for it. I just knew in my mind, my concept of God was not what I was taught as a child. So for instance, I was raised in the Christian tradition, both Baptist and Catholic. A little bit of everything, actually, because my mother would just send me to church just to make sure I went because she worked on Sundays sometimes. So sometimes I went to Methodist church. I would go and did everything I could to conform. But I remember as I began to get older, I had questions. One of my questions was, does God really send people to hell? Like that made Mm -hmm. no sense to me.
0: Oh, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I felt the exact same way. I was like, what is this hell?
1: What? (laughs) It made no sense. Oh, You know, as a teenager, I'm thinking to myself, how would an all-knowing God who understands we're here having issues and we're, you know, just doing the best we can given what we have most of the day, why would God send us to hell? It it made no sense to me. Mm. But of course, you know, I was raised up in the 70s and the 80s. And so there was, was no questioning that. I'm, I'm from Mississippi, okay? There's no questioning Christianity in Mississippi. And I was a weirdo for being raised Catholic too. So as I ventured outside of my home and went to college, I went to college in Atlanta, Georgia at a historically black college. I just started getting exposed to other traditions, some that are very unique to the black culture, such as the Nation of Islam. I was never a part of it, but they started because they stand on the street and talk to you, they just started chipping away and breaking down. You know, I, I was just really into the Christian church because that's how I was raised, but they did start chipping away at my allegiance to the Christian church. The other thing, too, was being raised Catholic, it's very European, it's very white. <laughs> And because I had been in the Black Baptist Church, I was like, "Where's the the clapping and the moving? I want some culture, you know." And so I left the Catholic Church, uh, you know. Made my mom, who is totally, you know, she was totally Black Power, all about, you know, Black Power. But I was like, "Mama, I can't take this. I need some 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 rhythm and some gospel singing." So I went to the Cap- the um back Black Baptist Church, and I started to get even more disgruntled, actually. Um, I love the music, but there was always this part of me. So, for instance, I went to a historically black college for women. I was like, where's the goddess in any of this? At least in the Catholic Church, I had Mary. So I just, for the longest time, faked it. And right around the time I turned 24, I was like, oh, my gosh, I really and truly need to figure out what is this thing going on with me spiritually and started getting into some of the people who – uh, Black people align with majorly. One is named Queen of Fula, and another one that everyone knows now is Iyana Van Zandt. She was probably my first spiritual teacher, you know, on this part of my path. Mm-hmm. And she was the one that began to introduce me to ancestral veneration. And of course, I was like, oh my gosh, ancestral veneration? <laughs> I will never do that, but I will keep reading this book. Blessing Your Head, I was like, blessing your head? What is this blessing your head business, which is an, a tradition out of the e tradition in Nigeria? And, and then I started hanging around more people that were different. I, I was into vegetarianism at the time, and that community was just different. You learn about chakras, and slowly but surely, I began to open and bloom and blossom, though I had not yet said, Oh, I'm not Christian. Well, the big thing that happened that made me just say chucking it all out the door, and I've got to figure out who I am spiritually, was my mother transitioned in 1997. And so once that happened, I was miserable. There was just no consoling. The, the the way people attempted to console me did not work. Oh, just give it to Jesus. You know, just pray. I'm like, I've given it to Jesus. I am praying. It's a black cloud hanging over me. I am. I am depressed. I want my mother. I don't know what to do. And I just got to this point. Here's another little kink I'll throw in here for you all. My husband's father is a Christian pastor of a Baptist church. And my husband has eventually become one too. Right around the same time I had my spiritual awakening, he is like, yeah, I've been called to preach. I'm like, what? Oh my gosh. Okay. But I just got more and more disgruntled and felt so fake. Every week going to church, I just gave it up. And I found a community that was about, to a certain degree, African spirituality, but in a way, enlightenment. It was like two different paths, and then they converged once I found my spiritual teachers. So what I did was, 1999, I remember this, right at the end of that year, I said, I only want to know the truth. I want to know the pure, unadulterated truth, and it doesn't have to be what makes me feel comfortable. With that, I said, I'm taking off the Christian label, and I'm just going to wait for God to tell me what the truth is. And once that happened, I found what we call in the Ifa tradition out of Nigeria, godparents, which most people would say spiritual teachers, gurus, and they are the ones that help me that helped me get established on the current spiritual path that I'm on now, which first I initiated into the African tradition called E5 out of Nigeria. A lot of people are familiar with names such as Oshun or Yemaja when we're talking about the goddesses. So, yeah, you you know those names. And then eventually my first initiation as a priestess was into a goddess tradition that my godmother, her name is Oshunike Oshinike channeled, it came to her, she didn't try to make this happen, but this goddess tradition was channeled to her called the Sacred Feminine Mysteries, and it's all about helping women to align with the goddess within and the goddess without and raising the vibration of the divine feminine, but more than anything within women so that, you know, we can be whoever we are meant to be and show up in the world and bring more healing to the world. And eventually, I initiated into the Ifa tradition as a priestess of yemal So when you initiate into that tradition, you get a particular arisha that what is called rules your head. This is the arisha, perhaps, that you carry the energy for the most. When people meet me, they're like, wow, you have this very loving and nurturing manner. People have always said that about me. And that would be the energy of Yama Ja. So combine these two traditions together for me, personally, they have brought me healing in two of the biggest areas that I have struggled with, being a Black woman and being a woman. So I love that about them. I feel normal. The more I have been a part of these traditions, I feel normal. And then the other part is when we are born to do spiritual work in this day and age, no one knows. No one understands. No one ever would have said, oh, yeah, you're going to be a priestess, do spiritual readings for people, and be a spiritual guide. No one knew that back in the day. So by me becoming a part of these traditions, I've also been able to open up my destiny. And as I open it up, I just find more people who are like me, like, I'm spiritually different. I don't fit in anywhere. I'm like, come over here.
0: Well, you're you're shining this light. You're shining this light so that others can walk their tracks. In their path, right? So speaking of which, back up a bit, because I want to hear what happened with the marriage when he said, I'm going to go over here and be a preacher. And you said, and I'm going over here and I'm going to be a priestess.
1: Good question. So I told my husband, if you've been called to preach, you better preach. And he said, I don't understand what you're doing, but I'm too busy trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be teaching that I'm no longer going to try to stop you. Because it did create tension in the marriage because he married a Christian young lady, but he was actually running from his calling to be a preacher. And so once he answered it, he decided, you know what, as long as you're not bashing what I'm doing and not calling it a lie or anything like that, then whatever. And that's just how we have largely operated for all these years. I often think that we are an example of, Probably what couples will be looking like as we go into this heightened energy of Aquarius. It's just different works. We're very different.
0: (laughs) That is so beautiful and a testament to you all that you were able to come to a place of understanding. And not only understanding, but of lifting each other to your highest calling, to your truth. And that you're both spiritual teachers and leaders, Mm -hmm. but in your own way. And that's that's truly quite beautiful.
1: Thank you. It it has been a journey and to a certain degree, a nice compromise. And I think that if people can see how they're alike more than they're different, I probably compromise more just because my tradition has no mandate of me being any particular way, thinking any particular way. And so there have been many times when I always tell people, I just talk Christian, you know, I'm like, I'm multilingual when it comes to spirituality. So I just talk Christian, I might have something that I'm absolutely speaking on that comes from EFA, but I know how to couch it within Christian terms. And so we'll just speak that way, but I will say he's been respectful.
0: <laughs> I love that you say that because truth is truth, true, right? Like we yeah. said earlier, truth is truth. Yeah. And it's just a different packaging, right? It's just a different way of getting yeah. people to the truth. And if if the if the Christian tradition and the language and that will lead you to truth, mm-hmm. then follow that. If it's something else that resonates for you, whether it be goddess or Afrocentric yeah. or Judaism yeah. or whatever it is that connects you to truth, that makes you feel like you said normal. Yeah. I love when you said I feel normal. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Because normal means seen. Yeah. Normal yeah. means heard.
1: Yeah. And I think that more people need this because if we're being honest, truth is truth. However, a lot of these traditions are very oppressive. Yeah. And so to be seen and to be heard and to have language that resonates with your soul, what does it do? It makes you step into your power. I cannot put my finger on it, but the way I describe it is, The powers that be, however we describe them or whatever they are, understood. Spirituality works. Divination works. If women understand that they are powerful beings, they truly show up in life very well. And so let's suppress it for whatever reason. And it works. The suppression of, as my mother would say, the true truth.
0: Yeah. The dogma is suppression. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a power structure. Now you could tell me, because I am hoping you're going to say yes, that as we go into the age (laughs) of Aquarius, the age of Aquarius, (laughs) that that power structure is falling and we're opening to a new structure and a new way of being. This is my hope. This is what I'm seeing. This is what I believe in my heart to be true. But Mm -hmm. do the stars say that too?
1: Yes, because. I've been telling everybody the only solace that I've had this year is this energy of a new Aquarius is coming. Mm-hmm. Aquarius and the vibration of Aquarius is rising higher and higher and higher because that's what we live according to vibrations. And so this energy of Aquarius is going to bring in more of a level playing field. Because Aquarius is about being unique and being who and what you are. It's about a progressive society. Dogma doesn't have a place with Aquarius. Many Aquariuses that you meet will speak of feeling weird and different because they're out the box. They don't operate within the guidelines. And that's what we need right now. We need Aquarius to help us to break out of the old and step into the new and move into a more progressive society. So, yes, you're absolutely right. All of that is falling. The gig is up. I don't know how long it's going to take. It may not happen overnight. But you never know with Aquarius because Aquarius is all about surprise and adventure. So who knows?
0: Right. Right, right, right. Well, that's interesting that, you know, because I think that there is a part of me that just wants it to be done yeah like can we just jump into it already like know, tap 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 the water's warm I've been doing I've been doing this for 30 years where have y'all been
1: <laughs> yes <Right>? yes <laughs> you know it'll be interesting to see one thing I've learned about astrology is it's always so fascinating to see how it actually plays out Because a good astrologer, going back to your earlier question, a good astrologer is more of a guide instead of saying, oh, this will happen. I do not like astrologers. Like I had a friend and the astrologer said, oh, your husband might die this year. I'm like, no, we don't do that. That's not astrology. We don't make hard and fast predictions like that, but we can give an overview of what the energy will be like. The question is the consciousness of the people. That will determine how this Aquarius energy will unfold. If it happens quickly, it is because we have allowed it to, the collective conscious. Yeah. You know, if there's too many of us that are still stuck in the past, in the old way, then it may take a little longer. But it will be fun watching them deal with, you know, all of the progress that the rest of us will be about. So.
0: And that's really, truly one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast, right? Then one of the reasons that I know that you're out, Doing what you do is to raise this level of awareness faster, (laughs) quicker, so that we can evolve. And I just, I'm just astounded by how many people are jumping on, to be honest. It's interesting because what, what we're witnessing are these extremes. And I'm astounded by the fact that young people are much more open than our generation and certainly above. And I think it's a thing of beauty. And I think that this extreme time is necessary yeah. for us to shift.
1: Yeah. I say, Nick, in a previous life, I was, well, in, in this lifetime, in a previous iteration, I should say, I was a childbirth educator. And the way I see right now, I align to birth. First, there is the part of birth where the door has to open, the womb has to open for the baby to even come out the door. That's where we've been. The door is opening, Mm -hmm. the door is opening. And when a woman is in labor and the door is opening, it feels horrible. Anyone who's been through labor is like, this is crazy, right? (laughs) I've done it two times, no drugs, telling you I felt every piece of those (laughs) contractions, but there is nothing compared to the phase of birth called transition transition, mm-hmm. you feel crazy. You feel like every part of your body, you just lost complete control and it is chaos, complete chaos on the inside and you just give up. You just surrender. And that's where I see us right now. We're in transition. And then the part that feels so good is the pushing phase where you just feel this, this urge to just push the baby out and it feels amazing. And so eventually we will get to that point where we are pushing the baby out, the baby being the new society, the new way of being. We're all on board. And you are right about the younger generation. The millennials in astrology are, we call them Pluto in Scorpio. Pluto largely identifies the different generations. So Pluto in Scorpio. And then the Gen Z is Pluto and Sagittarius. And then we have the baby CEOs, Pluto and Capricorn. They are a whole nother vibe. I get so many requests for readings by the millennials. It's amazing. And Gen Z mm-hmm. is all about astrology. They are so big into astrology. I've been hearing so many of them talk about December 21st. Everyone's going crazy about December 21st. And so, yeah, they, I believe will bring, because both Scorpio and Sagittarius are very spiritual signs. And so they are spiritual. Those generations are very spiritual. Mm -hmm. You know, Scorpio is esoteric. It is taboo to a certain degree. And then Sagittarius is more about inspiration and having a philosophy. So some of the Gen Zs won't even care about religion. I do believe this is a time where religion... It's on the chopping block.
0: Yeah, it's going to have to evolve it if it's going to continue. And it has to evolve in a far more inclusive, open yeah. forum without the dogma, as we were talking about. I love, I love, love, love that analogy you made mm-hmm. of the baby. And you discussed the time of transition that we're in. And I think that it's really vital in this time of transition that you have a spiritual practice. I
1: agree.
0: When we're in this, because it is so all over the map right now, you know, I mean, 2020 alone, hello. Hello. (laughs) That One of the reasons that I am such a proponent of practice with my students, with even my family and friends, (laughs) I'm like, oh, you need to practice, you need to practice! Because of that stability, that foundation underneath. And it doesn't really matter to me what that tradition is, as long as it speaks to you. So what is your practice like? Like, what is the practice that you do? Or do you read? Do you meditate? Like, what is it that you do?
1: So uh, first, I'm going to start off by saying Ashe. So in this African tradition that I'm in, whenever we're like, amen, brother, we say Ashe. Oh, I love that. Yes, Ashe, Nick. Ashe. Ashe. Ashe to the spiritual practice. I would say of everything that I teach, it's all about having a spiritual practice. And so for me, I have spiritual practices that I call foundational. There's a video I made one time and I call them the must do spiritual principles. And what that means is these are rituals that I do that are mandates for me. So the first thing that I do when I wake up is before my feet hit the bed, I'm saying affirmations. And this, to a certain degree, evolved after certain experiences that I had that I said, you know what, in the morning when I wake up before my feet hit the bed, I have to make a connection to the great divine consciousness, to the mother, to my ancestors. And so I will say some affirmations. I will greet the great divine consciousness. And I greet the great divine without and within. And that is called in the tradition that I'm a part of, the Ori, which is the higher self, if we're talking in general spiritual terms. I also greet the goddess because I am a part of the goddess tradition, and so I always greet the goddess along with my personal energy that I work with, which is Yemoja, and my ancestors because the African tradition is very much a part of working with the ancestors, Here lately, something that I've added more in terms of healing tools and technology, I love Ho'oponopono. And so I'll go through a few rounds of that. Um, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you as a clearing technique. Mm -hmm. And also sometimes before I get up, I will put in some hypnosis track just to begin to wrap my subconscious around Something that I think is positive because there's so much coming into our consciousness. Sometimes we don't even realize it. It's just someone has on a video and and we can hear it. We're taking it in. Mm -hmm. I have to be honest. Sometimes I do put things there myself because I click play on the video or whatever. So my biggest thing is let me get my mind set for the kind of day that I want. Oftentimes I will even affirm. Today will be great and productive and positive, and I feel excited and happy no matter what shows up. This is what I'm making the choice to um, experience today. And then once I get up, get my clothes on and, and everything, I will then begin my next round. And that includes, I bless my head, going back to the Ori. This is one of those traditions that I actually learned from Iyanla Van Zant, and it is in the ephi tradition, it's important to clear your ori or your your higher self, your head, every day because you want to keep it clear. It just takes in so much. So this ritual, use water, and you swipe it on different parts of your head to clear the energy so that we can be open to hear from source. The next thing that I do is I pour libations to my ancestors. Again, ancestral veneration is key. It's pivotal. For those of us in the United States, especially those of us of African descent, one of the primary energies that we work with is our ancestors because our ancestral lineage has been so disrupted and so wounded that in order for us to get ourselves fully aligned, we have to do work to heal our ancestors. And so when we pour libations, we are honoring our ancestors. We're thanking them for helping us. And we're also sending them healing energy if they need it. The other thing about porn libations is it elevates our ancestors so that if they're stuck, if there's anything there that would be preventing them from continuing their spiritual evolution, porn libation, libations also helps with that. The other thing about libations is it creates a relationship between our ancestors so for instance, for me, if I pour my libations every day and I need to ask my ancestors to help me with something, I don't feel guilty. And it's not like I've got to like do all this work to get the conversation going. No, nope, talk to my ancestors every day, all day long. So pouring the libations helps that relationship. I guess you could say the ancestors for me would be people's guardian angels. To me, ancestors are my guardian angels. The next thing that I do is I honor the goddess. And I have special prayers that I use for honoring the goddess. Again, the great mother. And I honor all traditions of the goddess. I do not care what tradition that goddess comes from. I honor all traditions and I'm open to working with, you know, whichever goddess I'm called to work with. And then again, I'm initiated into Yemal Jai. So I have special prayers that I do with her. Then I say a prayer for my entire family. And I do divination every day for myself. And I'll probably include looking at my astrology to see, okay, is today a day where I need to maybe wear some crystals or something to keep myself grounded because I have a tendency to just be sort of like floating with the Orisha and the fairies? Or is this a day where I'll feel grounded and I'm able to just get stuff done by my own merit? And so, yeah. And then at the end of the day, I do something that I've recently added in, which is I cut cords daily clearing my energy, going through my day and affirming what I have done well, because we beat up on ourselves so much. What I've done well, and I think about all the blessings that have come to me. Oh, journaling is one of my raves. Every day, writing something down. It could be I'm writing down a goal, or it could be that I'm writing down something that has come to me, a spiritual thought, something that perhaps I'll need later down the road. It just hit me. It's like, Ooh, I've been studying, for instance, I love reading Michael Beckwith's work. I'll I'll ponder on it and ponder, and then all of a sudden, I'll have this amazing insight. Write that down. Or just write down all the good things that I've noticed happening um, throughout the day. I I do a lot every day.
0: I know you do, and I'm so glad that I asked you that question. And I really, students, I hope you're listening, my students, I hope you're listening, because... As you probably know, I have a different tradition, a different Mm -hmm. lineage that I come from, but it has a sadhana, a daily practice, and it's something that I offer my students, that I instill in my students, that 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 idea, particularly you said, before you even put your feet on the ground. Ashe. Ashe. What Ashe? Yes, (laughs) I love it. What are you taking in? What are you taking in? What, how are you feeding yourself? How are you nurturing yourself before you even start your day? How are you setting yourself up for a day of joy, of courage, of fulfillment, of alignment? Yeah. And so, yeah, I was right there with you the whole time. And while our practices are different, the, again, the, the truth is the same. The idea behind all of that is the same. So I really appreciate that you spoke that you spoke your son for me today.
1: yeah i just want to say to nick that one of the things that my godparents taught me that i now teach is self-realization is everything yeah. if if i have to say what my religion is i would say it's self-realization yes
0: I say. <laughs> Because yes, that is exactly, that is exactly it. When people ask me, what is your religion or what is your spiritual path? I say the path of self-realization.
1: Yes, I love finding my tribe. I love (laughs) Nick, yes, yes.
0: And it looks different for everyone, consequently.
1: It does. Truth is truth, as we've said. And so Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we are energy beings. Mm -hmm. And this is why, before our feet hit the floor, We are checking our energy and taking charge of it. Again, going back to, you know, something I said earlier is we have been conditioned to believe that we are this flesh, we are human, and no matter what, and I bet you can relate to this, it doesn't matter how much we know about spirituality, we will forget. That is just a part of the human experience. You forget that you are divinity and a body. We just fall into all, I mean, there's so many days I'm like, how do I know all this spiritual stuff? And I'm so caught up right now (laughs) in this drama, like what is wrong with me? This is why we have to do our spiritual work so that we can take charge of our lives. It's no longer, in my opinion, we know too much. We have access to too much and we have so much more freedom. And I know not everybody in the world does, but it's becoming more and more apparent. That people are open to the new. It's important for us to understand we are energy beings. And the more we take charge of our energy and program it, we will have lives that we love. We will have lives of peace, love, joy, happiness, creativity. We will feel fulfilled. We won't be putting off on other people. Oh, I'm not happy because of this person. Mm. No, we won't be doing all of that. We will take complete and total control and responsibility of our experiences. We'll even smile at some of the things that happen and we're like, this sucks, but you know what? I'm here for it. I want to see what is the lesson in this for me? Yeah, this sucks. Why am you. I here? This sucks, but thank you. I like that, Nick. i say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I say often that the practice it's called a practice for a reason.
1: Mm.
0: It's called a practice for a reason. Mm. We practice being. Mm -mm -mm. We practice being the state of beingness.
1: I agree. And then after the practice comes what? Mastery. Mm -hmm. That is the beauty of the practice. We eventually end up at a place of mastery. And then there's the next level of practice to get to the next level of mastery, but it's so fun.
0: And then it reopens. Yes. It's a beautiful flower and it reopens.
1: I say a beautiful flower. Yes. Agreed. No. Thank
0: you so much for this conversation today. You are like, I knew you were magic. I said <laughs> it at the beginning. I didn't lie. Did I? Nope. Thank I did you. not lie. And I uh, really appreciate you sharing your tradition traditions, astrology, goddess, African. I really appreciate you for being here. How can everyone find you? Because they're going to run to find you after this.
1: First of all, thank you so much for having me here, Nick. I am deeply grateful. I am so excited to know you and look forward to getting to know you better and working with you more. Goddessbodymindspirit.com is my website. All of my social media is there. How to find me on YouTube is there. So goddessbodymindspirit.com.
0: We'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: I appreciate you.
0: I appreciate you too. <laughs> Thank you all so very much. We'll see you on the next episode. If you enjoy this podcast, tell your friends, please rate, write us a review, and subscribe so we can spread the word and other soulpreneurs just like you can find us.